0: Hi, guys, this is AJ, and make sure you hit that like button so my dad can get more likes and hit the subscribe button so my dad can get more subscribers. See you later. Wait, no, don't forget to hit that notification bell. Bye, guys.
1: This is the season two finale, episode 10 of the Transformation Chamber with author, humanitarian, and social impact investor, pastor dr rudy rasmus in this episode we discuss spirituality over religion why there is enough and you are enough and the true essence of love with that being said let's step into the transformation chamber All right, so welcome back to another episode of the Transformation Chamber. Uh, This is the season finale of season two. I'm very blessed to have made it thus far. And my guest today truly needs no introduction. Uh, However, I'll do my best. Um, He is a pillar in the Houston community. He and his wife, uh, pastor of St. John's Church downtown. We're right here in the heartbeat of Houston. Um, He is an author, humanitarian, And I love this, a social impact investor. And we definitely have to get into that because I want to know exactly uh, what that means. Um, But, you know, again, he and his wife uh, founded an organization called the Bread of Life, Inc. And you guys are just doing so much and have done so much for the city of Houston. Uh, It's just amazing. over the last 30 years now, uh, including providing free HIV testing, uh, living quarters for the homeless and those in transition, uh, in many different places in partnership with uh Kelly Rowland and the Knowles family as well. Just I could go on and on. Uh I'm truly, truly blessed to even have you on the show. Uh please help me welcome uh Pastor Dr. Rudy Rasmus. Hey. <laughs> so it's good to be with you. Man, thank you again. Um, we'll we'll jump right in. Uh you know, some some as I was preparing for the show, I have these questions that I'm usually asking uh, all these millennials. That's thats easy to ask. And then I was like, man, I, I don't want to say anything off target or, or disrespectful, but uh, if you would, uh, I'll do my best. If you would uh, kind of give us a bit about your background and, and how you, number one, f- found your passion and your calling uh, for Christ and, and to become a leader and a shepherd uh, that you've become in a community. Well, first of all, I'm the uh, uh, world's oldest millennial. Okay. All right. <laughs> <see> yeah. So, <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm only 64, which means I'm not dead yet. Okay. And, okay so, yeah. Still have some uh, some room to go. Um and I think when we uh we put in perspective uh life, um you know, it's a journey. Um you know, I, I like the way uh I like the way you frame the uh, the church stuff. Um do you, do you always talk church stuff? Don't no,
0: you? no.
1: Actually, I mean, I'm naturally by bi- just because who I am. Yes, it comes out, but not 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 normally.
2: I got you, got yeah. you. But don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but it's a. Uh, but but life, man. I tell you, it, it has been. Uh, it's it's been phenomenal. Uh, it's been challenging, and and I, uh, you know, I'm teasing you. You know, had it not been for uh, church. Uh, I would be dead. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. I was on
2: a path and, uh, you know, and we all uh, find paths along the way, but I was on a path that what, uh, that was ultimately, that ultimately would have consumed me Mm. and, uh, uh, and church um, and the people connected to church uh, really changed my uh, trajectory.
1: Okay. Okay. That's awesome. how, when did you decide and i love what you said the church and the people connected to it changed you but when does one take the step to say i was called to lead and stand on this pulpit you know it's
2: it's interesting that um when you think about call um you know uh meaning uh finding meaning is call
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh You know, there's a whole lot of talk around purpose and, you know, and it it can be very cliche. Okay, But but when any any time a person finds the the reason why they're alive, uh, they literally have answered a call. You know, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, the religious institution, the uh, I I guess the the professional religious institutional Mm -hmm. world, has sort of co-opted calls. Okay. Uh, but but there are many calls that we answer in our lives, and uh, there are many reasons we answer those calls, and rarely uh, do those reasons have to do solely with um, uh, filling pews and paying expenses to keep an institutional process moving, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so so what, what COVID has done Uh, COVID has redefined religion. And if, 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 uh, if someone listening doesn't believe me, let's talk again next year Mm -hmm. and see how, what we are talking about on the other side of COVID-19. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the entire, uh, the entire meaning of, of church has shifted right before us. And this ain't the first time it's shifted. Mm -hmm. Uh, remember when jesus was walking around um one of the things he critiqued the most uh were the professionals connected to the temple absolutely uh you know but guess what happened uh the 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 temple uh the folk who worked in the temple uh became uh, very well paid and had very comfortable lives Mm -hmm. so life in the temple became uh, a goal Mm -hmm. Uh, but remember jesus died without a church exactly uh building wow Right. Yeah. 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 The the church is the people are the people. He said upon this rock, uh, he was talking to a partner Mm at the time and we all have a friend like that, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that person that, uh, uh, that makes sure, uh, our backs are covered
1: in this day and age, how do you define religion? uh you, you know you have so many what's been popular over the last five ten years people saying well i don't have religion, I have relationship i got was, you <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah and and religion uh hinders or doesn't allow how how do you uh someone of your stature and, and background and wisdom define religion well first of all, religion is science and and whenever
2: we are putting science into uh into context um you know we have to you know ultimately understand. Uh, that it's formed out of something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why uh, when people say, "Hey, uh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm spiritual but not religious," mm-hmm. I completely understand mm-hmm. that. Hell, I'm spiritual but not religious. But not religious. <laughs> you know, it's a um, you know, do I do I run a multi-million dollar institution connected to religion? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but the uh, at the end of the day, and I was just thinking about this this morning. At the end of the day. If if the multi-million dollar institution uh, that I run that's connected to religion uh, doesn't somehow benefit the lives of, of of people not only connected to it but people uh, existing around it, Absolutely. then I have wasted my time and I have disregarded my call, which is to do more. Uh, Than just pay these damn light bills, <laughs> nine thousand a month.
1: So, so that's a, a great answer. Uh, I, I, and I'm gonna touch on this too. Uh, you, you, right in the, in the middle of what you were descri- uh, describing, you said pay these damn light bills. And I know it's unpopular opinion for some people to say, yeah, my, my pastor curses or my pastor swears. Uh, w- w- how do you differentiate that and, and why is it not that big of a deal? Right. Because I'm spiritual and not religious. Boom. All right. A, <laughs> if I was
2: religious, I'm, I'm following uh, rules uh, that, that, that are basically set forth to, uh, you know, to, to determine who's in and who's out, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I tell people all the time, put me out, you know, yeah. and leave me out there uh, because I guarantee you out there, uh There are four more people in touch with God mm-hmm. than there are uh necessarily inside, but insiders and outsiders have always been the uh you know since since the beginning of time mm-hmm. they have there have always been insiders and outsiders
0: mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i
2: just i'm just more comfortable outside outside that's why when you co- when you come in this room uh you know if you have uh, a religious notion in essence uh pastor should uh, look, X, Y, Z, pastor should say X, Y, Z. Right. Pa- pa- let me tell you what I do. First of all, um, in terms of my moral code, mm-hmm. uh, I have a wife mm-hmm. that I've never cheated on.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We've been together 35 years. Man, wow, congratulations. All right, that's my moral code, yeah. all right? Uh, my moral code is I, I get a check here at the church, mm-hmm. all right? I don't, I don't uh, determine my salary based on uh, how much is coming to the plate. Mm-hmm. All right, but that's my moral code. Mm-hmm. But that's mine. Mm-hmm. You know, I. You know, for me to look at another institution or another institutional process and critique that institutional process based on on what's important to me mm-hmm. would be,
1: uh, uh, let's call it hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Okay, I was prepared for these answers so heavy that it kind oh, <laughs> of take it away. I was prepared so. Um you talked about your wife man uh 35 years 35 years man We've been together 38 38 wow yeah. uh can you well, number one your, your wife is lovely and beautiful uh but can you talk about the the uh, how much has she played into your success Yeah you know you know uh on my
2: journey um uh on my journey I've been Buddhist uh on my journey I've been Muslim uh, on my journey, I've been agnostic. Wow. Um, um, this part of my journey, I'm uh, 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 Christian. Okay. But uh, but man, when I was Muslim, um, uh, it was a transition in my life. And uh, and when I was uh, studying uh, Islam, um, one particular sect,
0: um, one one thing
2: that uh, really happened for me. I redefined a woman 's value and and it was in that very crucial critical moment that i uh, that I met Juanita and while redefining a woman 's value mm-hmm. um, I made the commitment uh, to uh, to honor that value
1: okay can you do you mind to kind of go into uh, what how did you value them them before and what was the switch well, or the turn well, point? my
2: previous life, uh, prior to uh, encountering good, mm-hmm. uh, I, um, I owned and operated a borderline bordello. Okay. Okay? Okay. So my, uh, my life uh, in those days was connected to uh, uh, commodifying human sexuality. Wow. You, know, you, can't, you can't commodify human sexuality without objectifying. Exactly. You know, so, so my whole life at that point was about objectifying. You know, when you move from, from objectifying to honoring, uh, there are some other things that, that have to change in the process, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. How you look at a person, uh, male or female, Absolutely. How, you, uh, how you value that person's humanity. Absolutely. You know, that's why, uh, you know, if we get back to uh, religion, um, that's why uh, in many cases, I'm unpopular. I'm unpopular because uh, when you come through that door, I'm not going to objectify you mm-hmm. based on uh, how much you can give, uh, what your life expression is, or whether or not that life expression lines up with uh, institutional religion's mm-hmm. um, approval.
1: Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And we were just talking about how, you know, most churches, and not to play a compare game, but most churches, there is a, you know, a certain group of people who sit on the first two, three rows, and they are expected to be there every day because there's a sense of hierarchy in the church, but you talked about in, the, in these walls, between these walls, there is no hierarchy, right? We're all the same under God's eyes. Um, the ridicule that comes with that, the backlash, and you even talked about losing members, which ultimately affects the bottom line, and, and, and also in the world of spiritual thinking, you know, you you have to wonder, am I driving away souls or, or bringing souls closer? how do you uh you know deal with that and, and and how do you process that type of thinking for for someone like me who wants to understand well
2: it? you know uh when, when you think about you know that, and i was when you said losing members i I did say that word and and my apologies mm-hmm. uh because one day i had a um a very interesting conversation mm-hmm. uh with god and it, it's always amazing uh how god 's voice sounds so much like mine when i'm <laughs> <laughs> it really does. but uh you know but but i was having this conversation uh on the steps of of the church i, I currently serve and and this was about mm, 28 years ago which means i was in in service for about a year at the time and and the and the voice said hey um you know um this uh doesn't belong to you and neither do the people mm. so so the reality is i can't lose uh something that doesn't belong to me i love it you know um uh can people affiliate and unaffiliate mm-hmm. you know the original game was a, was 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 religion bro i mean you know, uh, gangsters learned organized, absolutely uh, process, absolutely from from religious professionals.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: this ain't this ain't new stuff. I I tell people all the time. I do lead like a gang leader. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, it's just kind of <laughs> what I inherited. Right. You know, but but do I love like Jesus? Mm-hmm. And and at the end of the day, uh, the differentiating practice in anything we've talked about so far has to be love.
0: Mm -hmm. I'll
2: give you a definition. Love is allowing a person to be who or what they choose for themselves without any insistence that they meet my expectations. Now, when I release my expectation, Uh guess what I've just done?
1: I've loved you. Oh, man, that's so good. You you actually just answered my next question. I I was going to talk about... Uh, the success of your marriage and, and, and staying together so long. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that you think you answered it right there. Uh, you care to add any more. What, what are some uh, practical tips or things that people can do to, to maintain uh, a successful and, and long marriage uh, or relationships? Let's just say relationships rather instead of just marriage. Yeah. Well,
2: you know, um, commitment can't be legislated. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and I tell, I tell people all the time, you know, if, if you're going to make a commitment, uh, to a relationship, you're making a commitment to, uh, to release that, that other person, uh, to the care of the creator every day. Mm-hmm. Um, remember it goes back to, uh, uh, they don't belong to me. Mm-hmm. Um, um, relationships aren't property. mm mm-hmm. Uh, relationships of process. Wow. And when we think about how process comes together, then we we realize that there's more at stake than um how I'm feeling mm-hmm. today. You know? That's so good. so my wife and I um you know, she uh, she she was wise enough to uh take me to church in our first month of marriage. Okay. I wasn't a believer, but as a you going to church? I'm going with you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm glad I did. Mm-hmm. But but uh, but we, well, she took me to a revival one night, and um, it was a sister preaching. Uh, we were members at where uh, we were attending uh, Windsor Village, okay. United Methodist. Uh, Kirby John Caldwell, uh, my dear friend, good brother, um, and uh, and this sister had just gotten married, and she had uh, she was uh, she was saying in in the context of her sermon that she and her husband. Uh, committed to outdoing one another in love. Now, um, uh, my wife and I looked at each other in that moment. Uh, we locked eyes and we said, that's a novel concept. Uh-huh. Um, we left that, uh, that church that night uh, from that day and committed to outdo one another in love. So, uh, so if I am doing everything I can to uh uh to honor that uh my partner's humanity mm-hmm. and my partner is doing doing everything she can to honor mine uh, you know that means we we come to the uh we come to the table uh with flaws um that are accepted
1: it's too good man too good i've always said when i find my wife i'm going to do my best to outserve her You know, following that same line of lines is the same concept uh, you just laid out, which I think is quite noble. As you said, Um, looking forward, right, Uh, you have your coffee shop, you have your wife, you have your new grandkid and you have your grandkids. Uh, Are you is there anything else that you desire uh, to do? Uh, I mean, you've built this church. You are shepherd to one of the most influential uh, people of our time and Beyonce. What else? is on your bucket list or uh, uh, what else do you look to accomplish? Yeah.
2: You know, I, uh, I, I think about, uh, list and I think, uh, a, a, a great way to, um, finish too soon is to, uh, is to have a list that's too short
1: like that yeah so um um
2: <laughs> uh, so you know you, it's, this is this is hard to, to imagine but uh but i don't have a list yeah i love it uh as a matter of fact i was i was in one of my uh, social media posts i uh i outlined three things that i believe are important to me right now mm-hmm. uh one i'm um uh dreaming bigger okay uh, number two i'm I'm learning new shit every day okay all right? okay, okay uh, number three I'm living my best life i love it so so if i if I'm dreaming bigger uh learning new shit living my best life if i if i focus on that being the priority every day then um then guess what um i have just succeeded in fulfilling my list
1: that day that's beautiful that's beautiful okay you uh and I wanted to ask this earlier. Uh, I actually don't even know the question, but I'm very curious uh, myself. Um, you said you went through Buddhism, Islam. I didn't say go through. I mean, not go through. Sorry, you practice. Is that I mean, the proper terminology? Experience. Experience. Yeah.
2: And, and then you because I can't, I can't uh, uh, diminish the importance of anyone's religious expression at any time. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had the, the the honor, the privilege of having experienced those expressions, mm-hmm. um, and um, I'm a devotee uh, to Christianity. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I uh, acknowledge and honor uh, every path that I've ever
1: touched. That's amazing. Um, how did you finally land at Christianity opposed to? That's a good question.
2: It's a uh, so uh, my wife took me to church. In the process of uh, of landing in that environment, um, I met, you know, these unusual people who uh, um, who accepted me mm-hmm. uh, for who I am and for what I was doing at the time, and and uh, and and didn't uh, overtly place any expectation on my humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of that time, I, uh, ultimately, uh, took a closer look at, uh, the life of, uh, of Jesus. Okay. And, and really dug what I saw.
1: Okay. 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 That's amazing. All right. So, um, and we talked about COVID a little earlier and, and just, um, when I think of COVID, I can't help but to think of this, this year in totality, 2020. And we experienced a lot of, uh, um, in our face racism, uh, and I think I think sometimes I feel like it's because everybody was sitting at home that we finally had to wake up and pay attention to mm-hmm. what's been going on. But um, this is a question I was asking back when we were in the thick of it. But I can't help but to ask you uh, this question: If you had the ability uh, to stand in front of a room of completely racist people, uh, racist towards black people, uh, what what would you say to those people? Um. <laughs> that's you know. That's
2: a- that's a good question. You know, um, so so I have a an opinion. Okay. As you can tell, I have a, a lot of opinions. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> but um, but I believe at the core of of racist thought is scarcity mm-hmm. and inadequacy, mm. uh, not having enough and not being enough. Mm. So so if If at the core of racist thought is scarcity and inadequacy, uh, if I had an opportunity to address, uh, you know, a racist conversation, Mm -hmm. I would say two things. There is enough and you are enough. (laughs)
1: Listen, (laughs) I don't even know what to say right now. That's so good. Okay. Yeah, man. That's so good. I'm completely thrown off track right now. <laughs> so, so, but uh, but that's it. yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, obviously, you know, most problems, most issues, it's, it's a internal thing, you know, and it's, 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 you're expressing it outwardly, but because it's some type of self hate within lack of self understanding or something to that degree. So, to so hear you put it so simply, uh, it sounds so beautiful and I'll definitely adopt that, uh, ideology and move forward with it. Uh, in my own way of dealing with people, people who are lost right now, people who are unsure of themselves, people who lack self-belief, lack faith, uh, self-doubt, all these uh, world issues that are put here to plague us of our own greatness and and our, and our own uh, ability to rise up to be who we're called to be. You know, what do you say to those people? Uh, somebody right now is listening and, and they're going through depression. And, and for you to even say, sorry, this is a long-winded question. For you to even say, oh, I was a little depressed, so I decided to close my close my um, coffee shop. But then I opened it back up. You know, people don't think that people like you go through those emotions. Oh, yeah. And so that that helped me to hear you say that. Yeah, but looking out into the world and, and those people who haven't, whether they haven't found their relationship with God or they just haven't found uh, self-worth or self-value. What do you say to those people right now?
2: You know, the, the first thing I would, I would ask them, and this is the question that, that uh, changed my trajectory. Mm-hmm. And the question is, is it true? Yeah. So, um, so, you know, we move through life mm-hmm. and we, um, we don't, We don't question the crap that we allow to define our lives. We just don't question it. You know, somebody says, you are nothing. Mm -hmm. And we assume because that person is an authority in their own realm that that person's idea of us is somehow true. But the reality is... And I'm trying not to pollute your, your part. No, that's us go but with not, but it. <laughs> that's some bullshit. Yeah, no, that's... Cool. <laughs> you know, the reality is it's not true. Mm-hmm. And until we begin to to identify the lies that we have allowed to to define us, mm. you know, by questioning those lies, and then ultimately getting to a point in our lives where we say, okay, if that's not true, who would I be, and how would I express in the world without that as an identifying mark? Mm. And then we move forward, bro. I have, I have, to tell you something. I still, I still wrestle. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, this ain't. I mean, just cause I'm old now and 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 got a lot of water under the bridge mm-hmm. and. And, and I've done a lot of stuff, you know, man, I still wake up some days and say, oof, (laughs) man, I ain't done enough. Yeah. Uh, Why me? Mm -hmm. But here's the key. The key is not that those moments happen. The key is how long do you stay in that moment?
0: Come on. All right. Come on.
2: You know, if yeah. I go, okay, I can wake up feeling like crap, like saying, man, you know, this is BS, man. Uh-huh. I like, to, I think I just need to, you know, lock my doors and stay at home forever. Right. Um, here's the key. I hit the automatic start on my Jeep. So the motor's running out in the driveway. Mm-hmm. I create a sense of urgency to get out the house. I love it. I get in my car. And I go start my day.
1: Mm -hmm. I love it, man. I appreciate it, man. I know this is going to help somebody. Uh, And and, uh, like you say, I deal with that, too. And we all do. That's the reality of it. We all do. Um, But, you know, you. Let me tell you something.
2: We all do. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned, you know, you mentioned Beyonce. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've known her since she was three, four years old. Mm -hmm. Um, She's at the top of the stack in influence mm-hmm. not just entertainment mm-hmm. In influence influence period but i guarantee you she's human absolutely you know absolutely and and when i when i think about um you know people that i know who are looked at and, and admired uh what i like to tell people is those folk are human they're not they're not gods and goddesses mm-hmm. they are human and they have to get up every day and convince themselves that this day is also worth living absolutely you know so uh you know for the person listening thinking who i wish i was beyonce <laughs> well think of this you can go to the grocery store and push your basket down the aisle and experience a part of life mm-hmm. that in many cases is locked off to her. Absolutely.
1: You know, absolutely. Cause of success. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, uh I, I read a post the other day that said something similar to the point of, if you aren't happy right now with your, with $2, you still won't be happy with 000, oh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just a million dollars. Yeah. 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 Matter be... of
2: fact, a friend of mine <laughs> said, uh, As a matter of fact, a very wealthy friend Mm -hmm. uh, told me one day, he said, uh, he said, Rudy, money only makes you more of what you instinctively are, man. You know what I've seen? That's true. Absolutely. case of point, let's go back to Beyonce again. Was always a generous child. Mm -hmm. I mean, just a generous person. Mm -hmm. Kind. Mm -hmm. Okay. She has probably billions now, Mm -hmm. okay? And what I've seen in her expression in life is that she's more generous. Absolutely. You mentioned COVID-19. COVID-19 hit uh, March. Before the end of March, I get a call from her saying, what can I do, Mm -hmm. all right? Uh, She said, not only what can I do, but I have a friend, Jack Dorsey, the guy that founded Twitter, who wants to help said, Well, there's plenty to do mm-hmm. because people are gonna be hurting once this oh, thing rolls absolutely. out. Okay? Absolutely. Okay. So um, um so some funding came our way from mm-hmm. from Be Good, her foundation, mm-hmm. and from Jack Dorsey's foundation, mm-hmm. Start Small. And and from that point forward, uh, we started doing this work. Well one of the at the core of the work, uh we're providing like food for about two two thousand families a week right now. That's amazing. You know, and and if you think about the one point four million pounds of food we've distributed mm-hmm. uh, over the last eight nine months, uh, as a result of our partners, mm-hmm. our partnerships, and then we think about the uh, the impact of the of the, the 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 technology platforms that we've been able to develop mm-hmm. as a result of of having some some. Research and development mm-hmm. funds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, one one of my my goals is to get to the other side of this pandemic, uh, to look back and and see how um, my generous friends were able to make a difference.
1: That's beautiful, man. What do you say to thirty year old Rudy?
2: That's a good question. You know, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> it's really interesting. But right here on this platform, I uh, uh, I was interviewing uh, one of my dear friends, a guy named James Prince. Okay. Uh, founder of Rapper. Yeah, Lines. I know, Jay. Um, we were here. Uh, his new book, Respect. It's a good one. just released. Yeah. And instead of a sermon that day, I said, you're going to be the sermon. Okay. So we sat right here. And I put a, a picture on the screen of the graduating jay prince okay all right high, he was a high school graduate has his cap and gown on uh-huh. picture in the book
0: mm-hmm.
2: flashes on the screen and i asked the very same question i said so what does the now james prince tells the graduating senior uh-huh. i have uh i told him i'm capturing i'm capturing capturing that moment that is my response forever mm-hmm you know, you know the response was. What was it? This was Jay Prince's response to okay, me. Okay. Now it's my response to you. Okay. To that, Rudy, you're gonna live a lot longer than you thought you were. Mm. Make plans to grow
1: old. Man, that's good. <laughs> so I, I I'm glad you said that. Actually, I saw. And I think you incorporated in one of your sermons. I, I you might have been visiting another church, and uh, and I thought to myself, man, that's uh, that advice is almost contrary to what we normally hear, right? Like live every day like it's your last, like you know, or you don't know if you there's no tomorrow, or we don't know if tomorrow may come. And so I thought that was a, uh, I thought that was interesting. And then you also went on to say, uh, make plans of to To find joy I, yeah. I, I'm not saying that I'm kind of messing it up but uh, plan more around things that bring you joy right than things that you have to do uh, could you take a moment to just speak to that uh, yeah. especially to you know, my crowd is um, mostly millennials uh, as well as you, you're you a millennial too that's right, but the world oldest the world's oldest millennial yeah. uh, but I think it's impo- I think that's very important and I know I've been through a season where I was just trying to get it done whatever and I mm. looked up and I had to say am I happy yeah. <laughs> Am I happy? So could you speak to that? that yeah. So I, uh, um, let, let's use my uh, coffee shop
2: as an example. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I love coffee. I love the, uh, the trade. Um, you know, and, you know, coffee reminds me a lot of the drug trade. It really, really does. Okay. Right. It's, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting, uh, supply chain. Okay. um, People got to have it mm-hmm.
0: True you know, enough. for real coffee
2: drinkers. You know, you got to you got to find some coffee. Absolutely. But um, but what I realized when I went into the coffee business, I didn't go into the coffee business because of the supply chain. I didn't go into the, into the coffee business uh, because, you know, you know, there was wealth untold mm-hmm. to be made. Now, somebody making money, you know, the uh, the big chain with the with the funny uh, logo. Yeah, yeah exactly. Making, they're making money. They're making bank. Um, but what I had to realize was why I wanted to be in the coffee business. Mm-hmm. And, and it was as simple as um, I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so for the person listening, I want you to hear me say your want to matters. You know, in in my wife's uh, book, Learning to Be, a new book uh, doing really well. Um, she learned a lot of lessons uh, in the crucible of depression. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, a crippling depression that that literally uh, made her captive uh, in our home and in, mostly in bed for three years. Wow! In the midst of that, she learned that her want to was one of the most important things that she could ultimately embrace wow. and. And, and when we get to the other side of, of why we are doing something, uh, it's because, uh meaning in our lives can only be defined, uh, by us and the one who created us.
1: That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Do you think about how you hope to be remembered? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, uh, that 's
2: a uh, what we call an existential question mm-hmm. um, and And I think you live long enough uh, you begin to uh, think about what it means to not be here uh, and yes, I have, but I think the only way I could honestly respond to that is. Um, uh, in a, uh, in a word. Okay. So you've been to a funeral.
1: I have. Okay.
2: Um, I don't
1: enjoy it much, but I have Yeah. Well, in, a, in a,
2: in a, in a funeral environment, uh, the order of service, uh, typically at the, uh, the, the last item before, uh, the, uh, uh the recession, uh, where people leave mm-hmm. is the eulogy. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, my, uh, aunt who, uh, who really raised me to, uh, to look at, um, I mean, business and life, and, and she was just a phenomenal person. She owned a grocery store. I, uh, I learned a lot about the human condition, um, you know, as a kid, uh, acting as cashier at her grocery store. Okay. Um, the one thing uh, uh, she taught me at the end of her life, she, uh, she died... In the first year, Juanita and I were married. Uh, she died about thirty-four years ago. Um, one night we were sitting. Uh, she had cancer, okay. and Juanita and I had moved in with her. And she was, uh, uh, she and I were talking about her funeral,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and she was actually planning her funeral. Wow. Okay. So uh, you asked me about uh, how you want to be remembered. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm I'm asking her. So uh, I called her Maymay. I say, Maymay, how? uh, how do you want this funeral to go? And she said, uh, first of all, baby, uh, don't, don't let any of them, uh, um, uh, expletive deleted, um, people, <laughs> uh, stand up and say anything about me in terms of remarks. So, so let's go back to that word eulogy. Eulogy, uh, is, a a, a, an English derivative of a, a Greek word, eulogia, which means to speak well of one known well. Okay. 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 So when you, when a person stands up to, to, to speak a eulogy, mm-hmm. they're, uh, they're, generally, uh, their task should be to say something about the person they knew.
0: Mm-hmm. All
2: right. So um, she said, baby, I don't want anybody making any remarks uh, uh, at my funeral um, because and here's the key. She said, I live my eulogy every day. So, uh, so I said, so, so nothing. She said, no, nothing. She said, baby, everything a person needed to have said to me, they had their opportunity. Wow. Everything I needed to have said to them, I should have taken Mm. the moment to Mm. do so. So, so instead of me waiting to that moment to uh, reflect on how I want to be remembered mm-hmm. uh, at some future point. Um, how about this is my eulogy right now? Oh, no. And and when you have an opportunity to say something about me, mm-hmm. uh, guess what? Mm-hmm. You can make that remark in a funeral home, mm-hmm. in a church building, mm-hmm.
1: on a street corner, mm-hmm on Instagram. I love it, man. I love it. Okay, we're going to get into uh, rapid fire. Rapid fire. Real quick. Okay. I'll say a word and you say the first thing that pops into your mind. Got it. And make you think of it. And then we'll do a this or that. Right on. And, uh, and open ended in sentences. I <laughs> like that. Be real quick. All right. So first word, anything pop me in your mind. First word is music. Love. Then the second word is love. Acceptance. Black,
2: me, faith, hope, Africa, home, peace, contentment,
1: legacy, every day, iPhone or Android. Iphone. All right, you are right with me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> knowledge or wisdom? Uh Wisdom. Love or success? Love. I knew that. Power or authority? Authority. Rudy Rasmus is cool. I concur. If you were stranded on a tropical island and you only had two things, what would they be?
2: Well, uh, since a, a person can't be a thing,
1: it, Oh, yeah, yeah, you can have a person. A person?
2: Yeah. You got to say person or thing then?
1: A person or thing.
2: Okay. Sorry. So a person would have to be Juanita. Mm hmm. And um, the thing would have
1: to be a cell signal.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It'll
1: make it work from there. Okay. If you could add one word to the dictionary, what would it be? If I could add a word if you could It's add not a already word. there? It's not already there. <laughs> oh, man. A word that's not already there? Not, a word is not already there. Something you use that may not even be a word, but you like, you know what? I'm going to use it anyways.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, splib.
2: Splib? Yeah. What's that? Um, That's my uh, version of the N-word.
1: Okay. Okay. My, <laughs> Go ahead. I was going say, can you use it? My dad, it
2: in- uh, my dad uh, would, instead of using the N-word, he would... Um, Calls his brethren, Spliv.
1: Spliv. <laughs> okay.
2: All right. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's, that's my hilarious. word. So people who know me know that's, hey, man, that's
1: Spliv. That's Spliv there. <laughs> I think I got a that's new it. word. I think I got a new word. Uh, yeah. Something that most people would be shocked to know about you. I cry often. Okay. That's good. And if you have one, you may not have one, what was your most embarrassing moment while preaching? I don't know.
2: I haven't, I haven't really had one of those. Yeah.
1: Somehow I knew that'd be the answer. Yeah. Well, uh, when you have that much cool, it's, it's hard to have a. Yeah. Embarrassing moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you know,
2: in order to to be embarrassed, um, uh, I, I think you have to have uh, diminished ego strength. Okay. Okay. You know. So. Um. So, for instance, like like the whole concept of embarrassment mm-hmm. is, um, you know, it goes back to uh, scarcity and inadequacy. Mm-hmm. You know, so, dude, it's 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 not enough of this for me to be okay with what just happened, mm-hmm. and and I can't be okay with what just happened. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you where I learned it though. I peed on myself in the fourth grade. Okay. Okay. And um, you know, I went to the teacher. I said, "Hey, Miss Ferguson, I need to use the restroom." All right, you can imagine I am sixty-four years old. I remember that just like right, it was yesterday. Right, right. I said, "Miss Ferguson," like it just at the time, exactly because I never forgot mm-hmm. it. But I went to her. I said, "Hey, Miss Ferguson, I need to use the restroom." And uh, she said, "Rudolph, go sit down. You don't need to use the restroom." I said, "Miss Ferguson, I got to use it." All right, yeah, you know, I'm in fourth grade, right? All right, I said, "I really got to use it, Miss." you know, I'm, I have I am ADHD. She knew I was gonna get into the halls mm-hmm. and I was gonna probably climb on the doors and I was gonna swing. I was going hey, Amen. but she said, go sit down. I said, okay. So I went and sat down. And I peed, man. Mm-hmm. I, I tried to pee like for three days. Wow. Know, I peed and peed. And the pee, you know, the whole p- puddle oh, around no. me. And uh, and, and my classmates were saying, Ooh, Rudolph done peed. And you know, in that moment that was supposed to be embarrassing, right? Mm-hmm. I said, "Like, dude, I'm the only cat that's peed on himself <laughs> in here."
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So
2: my most embarrassing moment mm-hmm. turned into a
1: championship. Mm-hmm. A life changing moment.
2: Championship.
1: Okay. All right, one last question. I got
2: partners, man. We see, we see, we all in our 60s. Yeah. When they see me, they say, hey, Rudy, hey, man, you remember when you peed on yourself? That's <laughs> <laughs> I say,
0: oh, yeah,
2: man, I remember that, man. They say, dude, man, you are crazy. I said, yeah, man.
1: Yeah. Okay, last question, I guess, before we do uh, this. Would you rather lose all your cool or lose your beard? Yeah, (laughs) that's cool. Anyways, within itself, if you're watching, I mean, if you're listening on podcast app, make sure you check us out on YouTube so you can see uh, his trademark, you know. Uh, All right. We're almost there. Uh, The people want to know any books, shows, podcasts. What are you watching, reading, listening to right now? Anything you recommend? As a matter of
2: fact, I have a new book uh, uh, coming out within the next, like, well, just so we won't date this. I okay. say it's out now.
1: Okay, cool. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. You can get it now. Okay. But it's entitled Sweet. "I'm Black, I'm Christian, I'm Methodist." Mm. Um, uh, the 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 big title is "I'm Black." I'm Black. So I uh, I recruited nine friends, okay. all scholars. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, several of them got their doctorates with me. Okay. And um, uh, but all nine of us uh, write uh, one chapter each about our experiences in being uh, black and basically in a mainline denomination mm-hmm. practicing our Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a critique. It's a critique on the church. Okay. And uh, it's a critique from the perspective of, of being black. That's one. The other book is my, uh, my wife's Learning to Be. Absolutely. Uh, finding your center after the bottom falls out. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: those two right now,
2: are the two I'm recommending. That's beautiful.
1: Um, Are you, do you watch anything or are you listening to any particular music? Yeah,
2: you know, I, uh, um, if you haven't seen the, uh, uh, the Chappelle interview with David Letterman. uh, Oh, I have seen that. Yeah. You know, I think um, uh, Chappelle lays out probably, you know, one of the best interviews I think I've seen in recent, recent days. Um, And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I watch um, competition TV. You know, okay. like Chopped and okay. mindless stuff that I uh, uh, don't, don't have to
1: really think about. Gotcha. Yeah. And then uh, we're wrapping up. Uh, any last-minute parting advice uh, just for the people of giving all the year that we've had or something that you like to live with people? It could be advice you like to give or the greatest piece of advice you've ever received in your life. You know, if I could tell... Um, my uh, my friends,
2: listening and watching. uh, One thing I would say: uh,
1: your life is valuable. Um, I'm gonna ask for one more thing, something unprecedented. But seeing that this is the season finale, the last episode, uh, we're rounding up the year. Um, and also we're just in a state where I think it's, uh, necessary. If, if it's okay, I was going I wanted to ask, would you pray for us? Pray, Yeah. Just pray for yeah. us.
2: Um, and, and, and let me preface this prayer. Um, so first of all, I believe prayer is a conversation with the, uh, with the one who created us
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, uh, and Jesus always cautioned um, um, about vain repetitions, mm-hmm. and um, and really about posturing uh, in that conversation. Mm-hmm. And it would be like showing up to a conversation with your father, and and you use like nothing but cliche mm-hmm. in that conversation with your dad. Absolutely, and and he would look at you like. Man, what the hell wrong with this dude, man? <laughs> <All right. laughs> you know. <laughs> so, 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 man, I'm gonna easy high. It's a uh, because and then he would have to say, now what did you say? Or what do you what do you what were you really trying to? Mm-hmm. So uh this is what I want everybody to do. When you think about right now. The one moment in your life where you felt joy. The one moment where you felt the most joy you've ever felt mm. before. Eyes open or closed. Mm. I keep mine open because you know I don't want nothing to sneak up on. <laughs> All right? Okay. Mm. But in that moment, here's a prayer. Hey God.
1: I sure would like to experience that every day. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Oh, Pastor Dr. Rudy Rasmus, I can't thank you enough. I have so much uh, respect and honor and, and love for you. I appreciate you. Um, thanks for being on the Transformation Chamber. Thanks for what you and your wife and your family are doing for the Houston community. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Transformation Chamber. I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Thanks again for tuning in to the Transformation Chamber. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. To find out more about Pastor Rudy, follow him at Rudy Rasmus or visit his website at PastorRudy.net. To find out more about the Transformation Chamber, follow me at JoshuaT.I or visit my website at JoshuaT.I.com. Until Season 3, peace.